welcome back to the Paramore podcast. Um, we're on episode three, uh, which is quite exciting. Um, and tonight we've got uh, Glenn, Glenn with two N's. Um, he's your mate from uni, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Glenn's a really interesting character. He yeah, came to uni as a climber and we, we beat that out of him really quickly and got him into a boat. And now he's just all over the world. He's paddling uh, mainly white water and doing quite a lot of rafting out in Kenya where he moved to oh, five, six years ago now. Um, but he's done loads. He's done some in kind of the Socha out in Slovenia. He paddled quite a lot in Italy in the couple of years he was there. Uh, I think he lived in North Wales for a couple of years. I spent a month in Nepal. Uh, he went to Uganda and lost a set of paddles on the Nile, which he may or may not tell us about. I don't know. I'm not sure how thrilled he is with that story. I think he bought them back off a farmer. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just done all sorts. Um, loads of community stuff out in Kenya. Loads of kind of getting people on the Tana, which is a river I think a lot of people haven't necessarily heard of. Uh, and loads in conjunction with the Tana River Festival. So, yeah. Let's let's bring on Glenn. Yeah, brilliant. Let's chat to Glenn. Hi, Glenn. How you doing? I'm good. Yourself? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Um, not as warm as you are over there, I would imagine. No, it's it's December, and living in Kenya, I'm in shorts and t-shirt, coming to the summer months. Um, again, been back to back rafting. Again, just wearing a rasp vest and shorts while all you guys back in the UK are breaking ice or wearing dry suits on the river. Yeah, pretty jealous, mate. We were um, we were swimming around in an ice pool today. It wasn't definitely wasn't sunshine and rash vests for us today. So, Glenn, uh, we've done a bit of an introduction for you, but if you want to tell everyone who you are and, and what you've done and why we're talking to you, that would be really cool. Oh, yeah, so I'm Glenn, you know, originally from the UK, but I, I moved to Kenya back in 2016. I was only meant to do five months, ended up doing six months, what turned out to lead to a full-time job, uh, being a senior instructor at Savage Wilderness, um, developing a whole load of Kenyan guides in, from climbing, kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding, uh, improving skills and whitewater rafting and designing programs for kayak schools, basically taking the team and Savage Wilderness to the next level, next level. And throughout this year, we just keep improving, improving, and we're setting up some other projects like the Tana River Festival, where some Ugandan Kenyans and a couple of other international paddlers come compete on the Tana River, what's our main main rafting river or commercial section and doing a whole load of other projects from mountain biking to kayaking expeditions and rafting expeditions all over all over Kenya. Nice that's really cool could you so tell us a bit about the Tana because obviously I know a bit about it I've kind of talked to you a lot about it and I've meant to have come out and visited you three or four times but I think for a lot of people in the UK that the Tana isn't a river that's particularly well known um, so do you want to talk us through what the what the river's like? Yeah, of course. I think when people think of Africa, they think of the Nile or the Zambezi, um, what is like the big volume sort of, of river. But the Tana itself is it's a creaky, um, perfect com commercial section for whitewater rafting. So the, what we use is an eight kilometer section, uh, grade, grade four, um, drop pool river. 
um, what means it's perfect if you have a flip or have or someone has a swim. There's uh, eddies and places where you can um, help pick up. Itself, doing the different water levels from low water, it gets quite technical. And then during the rain seasons, get big and bouncy. And there's about 10, 10 rapids through the whole section um, from different play spots, nice booth moves you can make. And what people who do know it is the classic um, waterfall, eight meter waterfall, what we call the mission. What's easy approach, amazing booth, what you can do. And then you've got a massive plunge pool um, to land in. And again, if someone takes a swim, there's no serious rapid below what can cause any issues. Um, yeah, it's for rafting, it's perfect for, for beginners, not um, that hard. And you can take more advanced people as well on the higher up sections. And again, for, for kayaking, you have nice calm sections, what you can use to do some teaching and some guiding. Of course, you've got the bigger rapids as well on that section where um, people can push, push themselves. And you can always make it a lot more interesting because there's all these various eddies what appear in different water levels. So if you want to push yourself or make a challenging move, um, you can always make it interesting for yourself. Yeah, and the great thing is, is that you're on 20 minutes onto the bus, you paddle down, and then you take out right at the Savage Wilderness Camp. So there's no shuttle with the with the vehicles, just 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 one there, and then you paddle back into the camp. What makes it perfect? Yeah. Nice. It sounds awesome, mate. It sounds really cool. Is there much of a boating scene other than sort of your client from Savage Wilderness then, or is there like local boaters and stuff like that out there as well? So the kayaking scene in Kenya is quite small. So the main kayakers uh, will be uh, the guides who, who work at Savage Wilderness. But there are other companies who are starting around, but they just haven't got the kayakers who are paddling at the same level. Um, there, is a, there is a slalom club as well, um, where one of the guys, um, Sammy Maturi, has had the privilege of going to Spain last year to compete in the World Championships. He also went to France this year, uh, but have to come back to Kenya due to the whole corona. Uh, the slalom club is getting bigger and bigger, um, but we've also started a, a kayaking school within Savage Wilderness, where a whole load of local boys and girls from the local community, uh, we've started teaching kayaking, trying to get more people into the sport, and then hopefully that kayaking becomes a hobby in, in Kenya and growing growing that scene. Uh, whereas at the moment, it's just just the savage guides and occasionally a couple of international paddlers who come come across. Um, but we're slowly, slowly making it bigger and bigger. Nice, that's really cool. You mentioned Sammy back then. Um, was it Sammy that you set up with immersion research and kind of getting him linked into to them? Yeah, so um, Immersion Research uh, sent an email early in the year regarding the whole Black Lives Matter. They wanted to use a, a photograph of Sammy boofing over one of the rapids, what we call uh, Little Fisheye, during the Tana River Festival. And yeah, we all said that they can use it and Immersion Research have offered a sponsorship for Sammy. Uh, so he, he wears the gear, he does a couple of posts on social media um, Sammy himself, he's a talented kayaker and raft guide. He's just outstanding on the water. And 
he's been very privileged to go abroad, like I said earlier. And he won he won the Tanner River Festival back in uh, 2018 and 2019. He was two points behind Sam Ward, um, the owner of Kayak Canal. So you can see how talented he is. And Immersion Research are helping him as much as much as they can. That's really cool. Um... Yeah, so, so what's the strip of the River Festival in then? So it's, it sounds like a pretty awesome awesome event if you've got kind of international paddlers coming in. Is it quite a big event or is it still kind of in its, in its, uh, in its starters? It's still in its start. The Tanner River Festival is still in its starting sort of um, scene. Um, when we get international paddlers, we had back in 2017, we had a guy called Giovanni who's um, Italian slalom paddler. And occasionally you get those couple of Brits or people who work in Uganda come across to paddle. But what we are trying to make it is a bigger event, also more of a festival, not just concentrating on kayaking, but we've added a mountain bike scene to it as well because there's quite a big mountain bike scene in Kenya, especially in Nairobi. So we're making it more of an outdoor festival where we'll have mountain bikers, uh, kayakers, hopefully more kayakers from the US, more kayakers from the UK, and um, hopefully at some stage we can add rafting into this festival. So we've got quite a lot of ideas. I mean, I think this year was meant to be quite a big one, but due to um, due to Corona, we had to put a whole, whole load of things on hold. Um, but hopefully 2021, um, we can make it bigger than previous years. Nice, that's really cool. So is it, um, I've seen like, seen it in conjunction with other kind of river festivals is it a lot of kind of uh, is it down river races is it freestyle is it a bit of everything are there any of the kind of um the, the, you know the races you see at like the, the uganda river festival where they do the boda boda race is there anything kind of off the wall like that or is it all still building to that in in future years so so the, the main events we have we have the endurance race so that's racing for the commercial section of the of what we wrapped so that's eight kilometers from the top to camp that's usually done on day one and then we have the standard slalom and and boat across um, event but i think what makes it different from like um the nile fest is that the eight meter waterfall the mission on the last day we usually do a freestyle competition off that usually the ugandans are you know doing um, free wheels and Sadat, a Ugandan raft guide kayaker, he was trying to do that, the Cobra going upside down, rolling before landing. Nice. Uh, but <laughs> he landed on his head, but it was pretty good effort. <laughs> I do that when I'm trying to but just But we boost. also added like a, a triathlon stage as well, where um, last, last year we had a kayaker pair up with a mountain biker, and then we, we mountain biked for 10K, and then got onto the river in our two-man inflatable canoes, what we packies, race down a section and then um, do a run to the camp. So that was quite a unique event. That destroyed quite a lot of people from uh, mountain bikers not being strong swimmers or the kayakers not really be good mountain bikers, but you're working as a team, a pair, and that was quite a good event. That pushed people. How did you place in that? Did you, uh, did you compete or were you there as an observer? No, I compete. I compete. I was I was paired up with a Indian Ugandan. Um, you know, he thrashed me on the on the mountain biking. But then when it came to the, the paddling, he couldn't swim, and the running, he he struggled. But we came about we came about fifth, so it wasn't wasn't too bad. 
pretty respectful. Um, so some of uh, some of the Ugandans were drinking the night before, so they were definitely hungover when they were doing that event. So there's a couple of people who did get picked up by Boda Bodas or a car. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's nice. cool. Yeah, I think we're both we're both pretty keen to get out to Kenya when we've well when we're allowed to and when I've not run out of money. Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to cool to get out there and, and come and see. Obviously, I. Uh, you moved out there back in 2016. I've been hearing about the the River Tanner pretty much non-stop since. <laughs> I'd love to get out there and actually paddle it. Um, no, I mean it's yeah. great. I mean, you, you know, you know, Josh came out and a couple of other people who you know have come out, and they all they all rave about it. It's just it's just a perfect river to to be on, and I'm quite lucky that it's on my it's on my doorstep, and it goes most of the year round. So at the moment we're coming into the dry season, so the water the water levels is dropping, but it still it still makes it makes it a little bit more technical. And um, sounds like the brand. <laughs> I don't know that river, but very <laughs> uh, <laughs> much but, what what you've just described. But just much colder and not as good. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a lot more play waves, and now at the moment having having the ripper out, I, there's just so much more you can do, harder moves to make, and some eddy lines where you can play play on. And then with the higher water levels, it does come big and bouncy, and there's some must-make booth moves you have to do. And a couple of a couple of the rapids do get quite scary. We we have a set of rapids, and I know Moose, you're gonna love this. It's called Four Play. Uh, penetration, orgasm, spasm. Um, what's the last set of rapids? Not sure what you're trying to infer about me, Glenn. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, those are sort of the last sort of rapids, um, what we do, and it's just like continuous rock slides. Um, uh, basically, yeah, in high water, that becomes pretty full on and scary. And that's I'm not sure how I feel about a rock slide rapid called penetration. Well, <laughs> I've, I've destroyed a bro I've broken a, a boat on it, and so a couple of other people have damaged boats over time. But when when that rapid comes super high, the easier option is just um, doing the waterfall instead. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. Sounds, sounds really, really cool. Yeah, hopefully we can get out twenty twenty one. It's the dream. 2021. More than well. 2021. Two days. We'll be there. It's <laughs> all right. You're not in the EU, so it's safe to travel to you. <laughs> I just saw on, on the news that Kenya hasn't banned um, flights in the UK, actually. Ideal. We'll, we'll fly out on the first then. We'll, we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> The minute they reopen the airport, we come out of tier <laughs> four. Let me out. Hey, they'll fly out of Presswick. Um, nice. <laughs> that's cool. That's really, I'm really, I mean, I think I'm more jealous of the fact that it's like 25, 30 degrees um, than anything else. But the idea of some warm water boating after today sounds really appealing. Yeah, I think it really does. Yeah, that's really cool. Sounds like a really lucky place, eh? Um, and you, you guys have been doing quite a lot of community stuff with 
doing some whitewater safety and rescue and uh, stuff with the community, haven't you, Ben? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so there's um, there's two things we'll be doing. Um, during the long rains, what happened between March to June, um, Kenya basically was flooding and where the camp was um, by the reception, I was ankle depth into water. And there was unfortunately quite a lot of fatalities during that period. Uh, so Savage Wilderness, uh, we started working with Red Cross Kenya. Um, so I delivered a whitewater rescue course or a flood rescue course to members of the Red Cross at the camp. And James Savage, uh, my boss, did it in an area called Narok, what's near the Maasai Mara. Uh, so the course uh, was free of charge and we taught these whole load of members of the Red Cross about throw bagging, shout, reach, throw and go. Um, defensive and aggressive swimming and you have to understand quite a lot of Kenyans can't swim they're not the most water confident people uh, so we had to again teach people how to swim using our swimming pool moving on to the water as well and the Red Cross sent members from all over central Kenya western Kenya northern Kenya they met at those two locations and then we could start delivering that training, hopefully in the long process that we start delivering more training to the Red Cross, but most importantly, that we reduce the amount of fatalities what are happening during the rain season um, around Kenya. Um, and then what we also started doing, uh, mem sorry, members of the team joined the Red Cross and then they got called out uh, during the rain season to conduct um, some rescues. Um, there's a section where the Tana and the Never River called the Mephora meet and basically burst its bank and about three houses became an island and there was a family just stuck there. So a member of Savage Wilderness using one of our rafts paddled, paddled down there and managed to get um, these, these guys off the island with some belongings. Um, so we started doing some small rescues like that. That's really sweet. That's a really cool thing to be involved with and kind of um, getting people more water confident and, and keeping these kind of rural communities safe. I guess if you've you've grown up around a river and you've always had it there, but you've never had reason to go in it, it might be quite an intimidating thing. So that's really cool. Um, and you've been doing quite a lot of kayak schools with the youth um, from the local communities as well, haven't you? Correct, yeah. Um, so this year, talking to Immersion Research, um, and we wanted to do something for the use in the local area. So we decided to just set up a kayak school. What's great, uh, teaching a whole lot of use how to kayak, how to be safe around water. But the most important uh, thing we want to do is teach them some life skills. So hopefully that they can get a job, you know, move into one of the big cities, you become a doctor, become an architect and come up to the whole middle-class Kenyan where they use kayaking as a hobby. So the support from Immersion Research, Watershed and Savage Wilderness, we've designed this program, uh, this youth development program where we're doing environmental awareness. Because um, there's an issue in Kenya that they don't know what to do with their rubbish. There's a habit of just chucking it on the streets or out to your car. So we're teaching these youths what they can do in terms of recycling and what they can do in their homestead about making a compost heap, how to reuse um, the items, what they use every single day or instead of just throwing them away. Teach them that, CV writing, interview skills, 
and they also did an introduction to first aid and having a whole mix of boys and girls. Most of the boys are quite strong swimmers, but the girls were not. So again, we're improving confidence around water for the girls and swimming. And they've taken part in activities like kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding. And about two weeks ago, we did whitewater rafting for them. They absolutely loved it. And these were continuing this program and Immersion Research have helped us in setting up a a GoFundMe page um, because in order for us to keep going we need some money to keep basically paying the lunches for the for the students the use of the equipment but also um, some of my staff who are freelancers again it's an opportunity for them to get money by delivering this program so it's benefiting um, the local community is benefiting um, my employees and that, that at least they're getting a day's wage every every week at least once a week and Immersion Research have helped us set that page and Watershed have donated some bags and also sent a, an email blast showing what we're, what we're trying to do and promoting um, Savage Wilderness but of course diversity in, in paddle sports and helping members of a local community. That sounds really cool, mate. We'll make sure that um, we get the, the link to the GoFundMe and we'll put that in the uh, in the show notes so that folks can can follow that and uh, and hopefully give you some, some money for what sounds like an absolutely um, amazingly worth, worth, what is it, worthwhile worthwhile project. Yeah, worthwhile, that was the word I was looking for. Yeah, really worthwhile project. Sounds, sounds really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I imagine that's kept a lot of the local community going during COVID as well and kind of bringing people together and, and bringing your staff back in for work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so a lot of the employees, they are from the local community, so they know a lot of the the guys and girls, you know, they, you know, they play football after work. And, you know, I think what I like about Kenya is that the community is quite strong as they will help each other out. You know, if there's, if someone is, has a medical bill and they're struggling the community will help if someone's house is damaged the community will help there's a great sense of that that people go willing to go the extra mile and a lot of these a lot of people around this area they don't have much but they're willing to give everything uh, what's what's really important and having these these youths coming in every wednesday has been fantastic because you you know, one of them has asked help to, to write a, a application for university. And that's what we wanted. The guys working on the program ended up being a mentor so that these youths can ask advice when needed. And the outdoor side and the kayak and the paddling, it's, it's an extra bonus, but seeing some of these uh, people improving kayaking is, is phenomenal how quickly they've um, they picked up the sport. There's a lot of talent within Kenya in all sports but what I've noticed in kayaking that they're picking up so quickly and it doesn't take them long in running some of the big stuff and actually styling it as well. That's really cool. Um, really cool that you're getting so involved in a, in a community that you've moved out to and you've, yeah, you've, I know you've been there for five years now but I think it's very easy for us to go out to these places sometimes and not really integrate ourselves properly. So it's really cool that you're, you're giving as much back as as you can, really. I don't think there's a lot more you could be doing at the moment to, to keep everybody 
together and to kind of get people upskilled to, to be able to look after themselves. So that's really cool. Um, so going on from that, we're going to go into a bit of a story, which I think you've got from the sounds of it, a selection of stories or, or, or kind of an amalgamation of stories for us from, from loads of different trips all around your your area, kind of in and in and around the Tanner, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I, I could talk about some of the stories, what we did this year um, during the long rain season. Um, so during the initial outbreak of Corona, Nairobi was in lockdown. Um, I was out of Nairobi, so I was quite lucky with members of the team. We could travel within the different counties and we had amazing water levels. So James, James, the, the boss of Savage, you know, he put fuel on my car and basically he's like, yep, yeah, you're stuck in, I'm stuck in Nairobi. I want you guys to go and paddle. Um, so we did. Um, we spent a lot of time looking on Google Earth and using some of the local knowledge what James has had over the years. Um, I can, we did a river called the Gur, um, but we did 50 kilometers in, in four hours. Uh, so there's a guy, Mike, Sammy and I, we traveled just below the Aberdeus National Park and we just paddled this amazing grade two, grade three, no stress paddling. Um, continuous, continuous, um, easy region one, white water. And oh, I was thinking as I was paddling down, you know, you could break this down into expeditions. This is great for, for, for kayaking school. You, you can do day trips, you can do multi-days. And then we actually did that. Um, last month, um, James and I, we had had a group who wanted to do a expedition. So we used our, our two-man inflatable um, duckies. And, you know, we packed them up with, you know, the kit what we needed, overnight stuff, tents, cooler boxes. And we paddled down. It was, it was straightforward paddling, no stress. Um, a whole lot of locals were fascinated in what we we're doing, taking pictures and trying to get selfies with us. And then um, we found a really nice island. What we wanted to um, wanted to camp uh, on River Right. It was quite deep, fast flowing. Fast flowing on the left hand side of the river. I mean, it could have been easy for someone to walk around to, onto the island. Unfortunately, uh, during the night, uh, we had some stuff taken from us. We had one of our boats and and a cooler box and some paddles. So I woke up in the morning and realized, oh, hang on, something's missing. Because I was about to start cooking breakfast and one of the cooler boxes have gone and then one of our boats um, have gone missing. Um, a lot of lessons learned. We should have tied it down and what we could have done is um, used one of the locals to be like what we call an escali, what means in Kisahili guard, that they, we could have paid for someone to stay overnight. But okay. didn't didn't damp our moods. It's, it is what it is. Um, James managed to get in contact with the police, and we're in the process of actually getting that stuff back. Um, but it didn't ruin the trip for the clients. It didn't damp the moods for James and I because we learned some lessons and. It's again, it's a trip what uh, people could go and do, and hopefully those situations don't happen again. <laughs> well, it's never good when you when you lose kit on the river, isn't it? I always remember the day that I watched all of our boats drift up while we were having lunch on the Ardesh. 
terrible feeling, isn't it, when you realise that your kit's gone? Yeah, it is. Um, but you know, the main thing you you, you don't want to get stressed out and um, get the clients worried it, itself. It is what it is, and you just have to adapt and um, you know make new plans. We're quite lucky that a vehicle was able to come quite quickly, mainly just to replace the helmets and buoyancy what we needed. Um, but uh, we still had enough boats and paddles for for us to continue the rest of the journey. Nice. I was going to say at the start of that, I'd love to have a boss who rang me and said, "I'm going to put fuel in your car and you can just go paddling." <laughs> that is the that is the coolest type of boss you can have. No, that was good. And uh, what what James what we did we paddled whole load of rivers and I've actually now paddled more sections of the Tanner than what um, what James has done. So the Tanner itself is the, is the longest river in Kenya, so it's about a thousand kilometres. So we started above um, our normal commercial section. It's actually quite full on, um, so putting on just below a town called Karatina, you got some grade five rapids to where the whole river goes underground um, to some walls and and some portages and what what we did sammy idris batista and i who are all all the guides again all from the local area studying on google earth we broke down um the river intersections you know we found good good put on points good takeout points and the likes of uh, Kefa, one of the guys was able to drive my car and pick us up at various points. But there was definitely one day where it took us, it took us eight, uh, six hours to do four kilometers. Just with yeah. portages and kind of rock chokes and stuff or? Yeah, as in um, bushwhacking, cutting down bushes, carrying our boats over waterfalls and box canyons and horrible siphons what you don't want to go near um, and definitely when we got off the river samosas and chips what we had afterwards is definitely needed uh, but again there's a section what I will do ago will do again because now we know what side of the river you need to be on to portage it you know as always when you're exploring you know you, you're always learning and then again we found other other sections of the river what would be great for those kayakers you'd like to push themselves to come and do these waterfalls or do these technical drops but the most impressive bit was when the water just went underground um just a massive massive siphon rock rock ledge above we're standing above it and you're just looking at where you can't see where the water's going till about 50 meters downstream but what is really impressive is Mark Savage, you know, James Savage's dad, and another raft guide called Andreas. They used to used to raft that section. Um, they they did a couple of commercial rafting trips there. And whilst we're carrying our boats, I'm just thinking to myself, how the hell are these guys ported these rapids with with clients and with rafts? You know, a kayak. You know, we might complain when it's got a safety kit in it, but it's fairly light compared compared to a raft and easy. I complain to... when mine's empty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean Mark Savage and Andreas, they they did some hardcore hardcore shit back in the day in in pioneering and 
just exploring different sections of the tanner. But now, yeah. since what we did during the rain season, um, we've broken it down to four days of good whitewater paddling. And if you really want to, you can do it as a, a multi-day trip if, if, you, if you've got the skill level and you're willing to, willing to push yourself as well. But yes, having having fuel fuel on your car to go and paddle is quite nice. <laughs> yeah, I think we had to become our own bosses in order to tell her that to happen, didn't we? Yeah, it's um, it's, it's quite sad when it comes out of your own bank account, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit. Yes. Um, no, that's really cool. That sounds like sounds like a proper adventure i'm loving the the scouting off of google maps that's a you've been learning off of ben stooksbury um one of the one of the finest it's great um um, google earth or google maps in this area is it's it's pretty spot on and literally you just you just follow the river up to a place where if there's a bridge or a road what's getting built and you just put a drop in send it to your phone and you know you can you can navigate there pretty straightforward okay sometimes it doesn't go to plan but then then it's more lessons to learn because also it's during the rain season as well so having having a four by four helps a vehicle gets stuck we all have to offload boats push the vehicle load it back on so it's definitely exploring not just definitely exploring improving your paddling but also your off-road driving skills as well Nice. Yeah, I've seen you drive. How is your off-roading? I keep getting stuck. <laughs> do, do they let you drive, or do they just jump in the back when we've got this? No, they, they, no, they let me drive. And yeah, I actually on the Mount Kenya trip, I got stuck as well with clients. <laughs> that was quite awkward, but the the porters with us were able to uh, help me get the vehicle out. They just lift it up. Yeah, they are strong. <laughs> my, my driving has definitely improved. I've definitely learned a lot more about driving and cars moving out here. You know? Is it appropriate knowledge to bring back to the UK, though? Oh, the roads are so good in the UK. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's an, kind of, actually, no, it is good knowledge because I've learned a lot how to maintain my own vehicle, whereas Whereas in the UK, you just go to a garage, as soon as you walk in, that's 80 quid, isn't it? Yeah. Straight away. Whereas I think two days ago, uh, Mark, Danny, one of the drivers, we, we placed uh, the T-Rods on my car. I didn't know how to do that, but they taught me. And we also also learned how to inline the, inline the wheels with just using string. <laughs> nice. That's really cool. Moose um, would definitely not have a clue how to do that. I haven't, I haven't seen him with a spanner in his hand. I'm not saying I would do much better, but yeah, having having watched man, he's a bit like um, James May and deep down, tactical <laughs> man in the world. I don't even have an argument for that. Not often you're stunned for words, isn't it? Just don't have much of a comeback. I am completely <laughs> incapable of building things. Yeah. We're not. We're not bad on the off-road driving front, though. We could we could give you a lesson when we come out, Glenn. We've got ourselves into enough sticky situations, and um, we've, we've managed to get quite good at off-road driving, the two of us. Yes. If you crash enough times, it becomes much easier not to crash. Yeah. 
that was that's really cool. Um, yeah. So so your adventures in Kenya kind of seem to seem to have taken you all over uh, the place then, which is which is pretty cool and lots of lots of excitement. But um, I, I hear that you've had issues with them. Um, Losing not only boats but, but having minor issues with watershed bags. Is that right? Watershed, watershed bag. Long rains, rain season. We ended up end up going towards a town called Embu and paddling the Rupengazi. And we're all at the at the put on sorting out all our kit. And I wanted to put my car keys in someone else's bag. And then Mike um, started saying that the last time he had. Uh, he was on this river, him and a guy called Sadat put all their keys in, again, a watershed bag, what fell out of the boat, and ended up going down the river. Of course, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. We'll be fine. So we gave, I gave my car keys to, to Sammy, and a whole load of guys ended up putting their mobile phones into it. Cool. So we start paddling the river, and then we get to the first major rapid, and we just you know, wanted to scout it. So Sammy and Batista got out first, and then I was following behind them. But I also, as I was getting out of my boat, I was looking at Sammy's boat and I was thinking, that's a really shit place to put your boat. Because, you know, something's going to happen. It's just going to slip and fall in. So as I turn my back away just to pull my boat out, I hear someone shouting. So I quickly face down river, and then I just see Sammy's boat go down, go down this rapid. And then everyone is running, running around. Um, Sammy started running down the bank trying to find his boat. Um, some of the guys started running the rapid blind. They had good lines. I, I run the rapid as well. And then we started. Did you have a good line? Down. Did you have a good line? I did. Well, I didn't actually. I didn't go upside down, but I had to do a couple of high braces. Um, but we, we end up going down, and about. Maybe just under just under a kilometre, we find um, Sammy's boat. Uh, so we managed to pull it to the side. Uh, we were on river right, um, have a look, but there's there was no bag in there. At this point, we're not actually with we're not actually with Sammy. He's on river left, um, running down trying to chase his boat. And then we're thinking, well, hang on, he had the he had the watershed bag with all the kit in, and he's not with us. So we started panicking or stressing a bit because like one, we haven't got Sammy with us and also have we lost the watershed bag with my car keys and a lot of people's mobile phones. So what we decided to do, some people started to um, walk back up to repaddle the section um, to see if they, there's potential the bag. And myself and a guy called Kefa, we walk up and then find a bridge to cross over to try and find Sammy. So we're shouting Sammy's name. We're, we're asking locals if they've seen anyone wearing what they were into their eyes, some strange gear, carrying a paddle. And then eventually we do come across Sammy. Um, he's holding his sandals in his hand. I don't know why, uh, but he was also saying that he was he was stressing out just in case there were snakes around. And he's going to hate me that I'm going to say this, but he said he, he was crying a little bit um, because he was on his own. But anyway, we managed to find him, and then we realized that he hasn't got the bag with him. So we're like, oh, shit. Um, so again, we meet up everyone. Um, we, haven't, we, haven't got the, we haven't got the bag, what's got my car keys and mobile phone. So I, I started ringing James, 
start telling the story and ask, is it possible that you can send a driver with one of the buses to come and pick us up, explain what's happened? James was quite calm about this. He was he was like, yep, no worries, just contact Sammy, one of the drivers, and um, he can start heading his way. So everyone's back together now. We get onto the river, and then we just start paddling, paddling down. And about three kilometers down the river, when the river starts to calm down, we, we see the watershed bag in an eddy, just floating around. Um, so we, we, we open it, mobile phones are dry, car keys are still in there, people are happy, I got my car keys back, and all the guys are really happy that they haven't had to buy a new mobile phone, and they've got it back. But the lessons are, one, don't put all your kit in one bag, um, lessons two, make sure when you're inspecting a rapid that you put your boat in a in a better position. And what Sammy did, he, he clips his bag on the on the backrest strap, what of course snapped, what caused what caused the bag to become loose. So now he's learned to put it in the boat in a better position so his his kit's not gonna get lost. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, that's, that sounds like a pretty a pretty messy trip. At least you had all your stuff in a watershed dry bag. That's the only dry bag in the world that's going to survive that sort of adventure on its own. Yeah, definitely. So the Roop and Gazi will describe it as like an alpine sort of grade three, grade four boulder garden. And, you know, that river, that bag went down some rapids and went some distance. So, you know, one, finding it was a relief. And of course, having everyone's equipment, phones, my car keys still in there, it's amazing. Um, no, really good and a massive sign of relief for everyone. And then we continued, continued paddling the rest of the river and then headed back to, back to Savage. Sounds like a really cool river, actually. Just. What was it? So was it one day you were on there or a couple of days you were on there or? Just one day. Um, I think, you know, the rivers around around Savage Wilderness, you, you have everything. So as I said, Rupengazi, what's about 40 minutes away, 40 minutes to an hour, grade three, grade four, alpine sort of styling sort of river. And people, if people have seen the pictures of the Tanner, the Tanner's water is quite, it's a brown color. Whereas the Rupengazi, it's it's a clear colour because it's higher up and it's water coming from, from Mount Kenya. And then other rivers like the Gura, what I've mentioned, um, the North North and South Mithoya, again, all, all clear um, sort of water and the paddling ranges from grade one, grade two to grade three, grade four. There's there's everything for ev every, anyone who's coming over here. Um, yeah, the South Mithroya, what we paddled, that's got some small waterfalls, some big drops, um, some um, rock slides. Yeah, every, every, any, everything for anyone. Nice. Well, if, if kayaking doesn't work out for you, you could definitely become some sort of salesman for Kenya because you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty good at selling the place to people. It sounds epic. Yeah, yeah it really does, uh, I mean... Every year is meant to be, um, you know, I've always decided, you know, do I want to go back to the UK? And, you know, I've just, I've just redone my, my two year work permit. Um, I'm definitely seeing myself staying in Kenya for the, for the long, go, long run. And, you know, what I like about Savage Wilderness, okay, yeah, fine, I'm on the river most days, but also 
trips up Mount Kenya. Um, we did a, a mountain biking trip in the Maasai Mara. Okay, most people know the Maasai Mara for the wildlife um, safaris, but on the outskirts of the national park, there's some amazing mountain biking or, or gravel bike trips, what you can do. And the great thing about Savage Wilderness is like, if you have an idea or trip you want to do, uh, James James will put it together. Um, he's he's very dynamic. You know, he's he's, he's organised and cycled from from Nairobi to Cape Town. You know, riding, planning all the logistics. You know, you can put almost any trip together. That's a that's a hell of a cycle. That's a really cool trip. Yeah, it sounds sounds like a, a really really cool place to, to go and explore. So, how do um, obviously you're working for Savage Wilderness, Ben? How do folks find Savage Wilderness um, other than the obvious Google search? You guys on social media and stuff? Yeah, so we've got a Facebook and Instagram page. Um, so if you you know of course you type in Savage Wilderness or the Tanner River Festival, there's different Facebook and Instagram pages what people can follow. Um, yeah, and um, we'll put those in the show notes as well for, for anyone that wants to find them. And all, all the kayaking stories what I've talked about is actually all in central Kenya where I'm based. So a lot of that is up to an hour, maybe an hour and a half drive. But there's a lot more to explore um, towards western Kenya, heading towards um, a city called Eldoret or a town called Eten where quite a lot of people know for the long distance um, runner, running athletes train. Uh, again, there's a lot of more first descents to happen there. Um, last year, I flew, I flew there and paddled with a guy called Simon Blake, an Australian, and we used one of those two-man inflatable um, canoes and we paddled um, first descents on a river called the, the Wuru and the Moraine. Again, in a ducky, and these these boats you can boost them, you can flare them, and again in Western Kenya there's a lot more paddling to be done, and a lot of expeditions what could could happen. That sounds, yeah, that sounds really awesome. I'm, I think I, I'm super keen to get out there. I reckon a lot of people listening to you talk about Kenya will be pretty keen to get out there as well. I think I think you're right with what you say earlier. We think about African kayaking and, and Uganda and the Nile kind of. They, they jump straight out, but I think there's there's certainly loads to do in Kenya and and you know stuff that people haven't explored quite as thoroughly. I reckon uh, that sounds awesome. Before you go, then, Glenn, is there anything you want to give us a wee shameless plug about? Yeah, I think I think the main thing what I want people to look into is if they go on to the Savage Wilderness or my own Instagram pages and click onto the bio. It will go on to the GoFundMe page, what Immersion Research has set up. And you can read in detail about Savage Wilderness and the youth project, what we've been doing this year and what our aim is. And if you know any anyone has got a one dollar or a pound to donate, it'll be fantastic because any anything helps. Well, it goes a long way, um, that, that sort of money in, out here. Um, because what we want to do is keep promoting um, these youths in kayaking and helping them developing these life skills to basically have a have a good future for themselves. Nice one. 
brilliant. Yeah, well, uh, we'll make sure all those those links are in the show notes as well, Glenn, and we'll we'll share them on on our social media channels as well because sounds like a, an absolutely brilliant project that you guys have on the go out there so yeah we'll we'll get well behind you with with that on our paddlemore channels as well which will be really cool um but yeah thank you very much glenn for coming on and chatting to us no thank you it's been good yeah it's been really cool chatting to you again mate um i know it's been a wee while since we've caught up and been on the river together so when we're out in kenya or when you're back in the uk we'll, we'll make sure we get out for a paddle no it sounds good i i'll look forward to it um, hopefully, hopefully 2021 turns out better than 2020 <laughs> yeah I'm sure it will can't be much worse though eh? <laughs> nice one cool catch you soon mate bye cheers nice one. cheers day. Ben cheers. yeah cheers mate Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Um, and you can find us on social media. We are at Team Paddlemore on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. Yeah, and don't forget, have a look at our website. It's paddlemore.co.uk. We've also got all our videos on YouTube. Just search for Paddlemore. And until then, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.